0: Today on Abounding Grace, we'll learn how God works, and it might be different than what you'd expect.
1: Very natural, normal things. The things that we despise are the very things that God uses in our lives. That's why I can remember that passage of Scripture. I've had to learn this over and over again. Do not despise the days of small things. Now, whatever that measurement is between small and large, one of the things I've come to the conclusion in my own life before Jesus is there are no small things related to Him everything's huge unto him because the bible tells me that one soul has the value of jesus christ one soul
0: this is amazing grace. this is a might be thinking right now that God works in spectacular, jaw-dropping, parting of the Red Sea kind of ways. And while He does do that on occasion, we'll learn today on Abounding Grace, He also works in very natural ways, using the situations of our everyday lives. A great example of this is found in 1 Samuel 9. He's about to use some donkeys running away, of all things, to lead to a meeting between Saul and Samuel. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor with how this relates to our lives.
1: Have you ever looked at something in your life and you just see the end result and you go, who could have ever predicted that this would have happened in my life this way with this outcome? Who could have ever predicted the path of your life and where you have been? And how you have arrived. I mean, just look at your own salvation experience. Who could have predicted where you grew up. And the home you came from. And that over there. And that failure. And that situation. That today, you are a born-again man. A born-again woman. Serving God with the heart to grow by grace. I mean, who could have predicted? The first king. The, the very first king. Hooks up with Samuel. Looking for donkeys. I mean, it's one of those things where you say, you know, if you, hey, Saul, you ever thought about being king? King of what? Oh, you know, the king of Israel. And then you lay this whole thing out to him and, and then say, oh, by the way, while you're out watching, you know, looking for your dad's donkeys, you're going to run out of food. You're going to run, you're going to just think about how your dad is thinking about you and worried about you. And, and then you're going to go think about this one guy that, in this one city. And then you go up and boom, you're right, right when you get there, boom, he's right there. And you're like, come on. I'm going back to bed. You know, that's a bad dream. You know, I had bad pizza last night. That ain't going to happen. And yet, this is the case. We find with David, he was out with the sheep. We find how God over and over again works in very unusual ways. But if Saul had not obeyed his father and listened to his servant, the story may have been different. The name of the king might be someone different today, but that wasn't the will of God. I believe it's time to be reminded for us that God will often work in very common, natural ways. So common and so natural, we may miss the hand of God in them. We may miss the touch of of the holy in the situation. We may miss the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit because it's so common, so natural, Like finding donkeys, you know. The horses that got loose. Go find the horses. You know, the dog ran away. Go get the dog. It runs away every time the fireworks go off or the car backfires. Go find the dog, you know. And this is very normal things. I'm sure donkeys running away was not a happy thing. I'm sure Saul didn't wake up and say, I think I want to spend the next few days wandering the hills looking for my dad's donkeys that's what I want to do this week. And yet, it was a hardship, maybe even an inconvenience. Can you imagine? I don't know how you'd feel, but you know, if I couldn't find the donkeys in a couple hours, I'd just like, you stupid donkeys, where are you? You know, just talking under my breath. What did you run away for? I had this plan, and I had this plan, and dad why do you even have donkeys you know nobody does donkeys anymore you know what are you thinking and you know just you're just it would be so easy to even be upset by the situation must have been a frustrating thing if not for Saul certainly for me as I'm reading myself and I'm like man and the longer they looked, they couldn't find them and and yet here's the thing about this bible true story the issue isn't about the donkeys the real issue is Is God arranging it for Saul and Samuel to meet? That's the issue. That's what God's doing. It takes some time to get there. But that's what the work of God is in Saul's life. Saul looking for the donkeys, maybe getting a little upset, a little worried, wants to go home. He didn't realize, and we still don't see it yet, he didn't realize that God's hand was in it all along. This is the providential, sovereign hand of God in his life. And how did it happen? Did it happen from some you know, parting of the, uh, of the clouds and a, and a voice from heaven? Did it come from like Moses in a burning bush? Did it, did it, how, how did it come? It came by Saul being a loving son, caring for his dad, and doing even, even something that, who would want to do that? And some of you are thinking, well, well I would. What, you're of the same character to be faithful just like Saul was. You're in a great place. If you have that heart where well, you just do anything, no matter how mundane or how ordinary or how difficult, if you're just like, no, I'll do that, I'll do that. No, I'll do that. You don't want, I'll do that. I'll take care of that. Then you're very much on the pathway of being led by the Lord, of being used by the Lord. When you can see the value of faithfulness, in the midst of something that would well, that would be seen as why well, somebody else why can't why can 't somebody else look where 's his servant like why can 't somebody else look for the donkeys? no the question is do you really want to hit the will of God? then you need to learn to do what 's before you and do it well and do it faithfully. You need to learn to to hear from the Lord by doing the ordinary common things why because God will often work in a supernatural way very naturally I think that frustrates some of you if not you those that aren't here it frustrates people that aren't here where they're just expecting some supernatural hyperactivity for God to do a work and then when they don't get it they get mad they get frustrated you know other people are sharing testimony how God exploded here and God this over here and there you are just looking for donkeys every day I mean don't you feel like that sometimes when you're filing paper at work or moms when you're changing diapers what's so exciting about changing poop filled diapers but you do it every day all day long. sometimes it feels like that's all you do doesn't it you just clean the house and you just got everything together and and then the diaper didn't work and now your house is all none you know not clean if you get what i mean And there you are just cleaning up and being faithful. And and you're wondering, how could God use this? Oh, my friend, my dear, sweet friend, God is using it. I love this morning in our staff meeting, as we were praying, the Lord impressed upon me that psalm where the psalmist says that he thanks God, that God trains his hands for war. Oh, that God is training our hands for war. And sometimes our hands are involved in the very ordinary, the simple, the stuff that we do every day, all day, constantly. We wonder how and what and when. You see the real issue is to bring Saul to this man of God and God will use whatever it takes to move Saul from one place because he knew Samuel would be in this place and to bring him over here and be so close to the city and then come and arrive at just the right time while everybody's waiting for Samuel and as they come through there's Samuel right there you see Saul looking for donkeys was faithful and the real issue that God is working behind the scenes to bring him to Samuel in order that he might be declared the man that God had chosen to be king over Israel that's what you're reading here. The donkeys get all the attention, but it's not about the donkeys. It's about Saul. God is going to anoint him as the next king in a very natural way. How spiritual can some of these things that we do, how spiritual can they be? Everything that a believer does is spiritual. I like to remind those that serve here at Calvary as much as I can that in anything that you do in this church or connected to this church, it is profoundly spiritual. It is only spiritual. And you think, well, Ed, how can it be spiritual just picking up trash? I was walking with some of the guys today as we were walking the property and I was saying, this is what, when I drive onto the property, I'm already, my mind is already set to, to see everything with spiritual eyes I just see this, and I see this, and I see this, and, and we didn't get to finish, but if we were, it, we were gonna tie it all together that what I see has everything to do with people, people. So that when you serve in the name of Jesus Christ, it's all about people. That's who he died for. That's why everything that you do is spiritual. Are you straightening chairs? You're straightening chairs for someone to have leg room so they could be comfortable in receiving the word of God that it might just be this night that everything changes and explodes in their life. And I, wait, wait, I, just, I just was straightening chairs, I know. And what a spiritual thing you were doing. Praise God. Well, you know, and I wasn't straightening chairs. I was just out picking up trash. Picking up trash, I know. It's like we're looking for donkeys, isn't it? It's like picking up trash. You know, I'm called to greater things. You are not called to no greater thing than picking up trash. Because picking up trash puts you in the parking lot. And putting you in the parking lot puts you with people that are driving in and out. And putting you in the parking lot where people are driving in and out, they're actually getting in and out of their cars as well. And there you are picking up trash. And as you're coming up with this piece of trash, and you're putting it into the bag, and you look up, and you make eye contact with someone, you go, oh, you know what? The Holy Spirit just speaks to you in that second because something's wrong. Their face is just telling you something's wrong. And you go, are you okay? And they go, who are you, trash picker-upper? You know, they don't do that. They don't do that. Just, they don't care. There's Something's going on in their heart. They, they, they see you picking up trash, and they go, you know, this is a trustworthy person. Because they could even be processing, I don't think I pick up trash, but it's not about picking up trash, is it? It's about you making eye contact with someone, looking them in the eye and go, are you okay? You could be the first person that's asked them that in three weeks. And you go, well, you know, what's so spiritual about picking up trash? Well, picking up trash puts you in places with people. I could think of a hundred different things that picking up trash would put you in the place of spirit. See, it doesn't matter what you do. The, the picking up trash is no less spiritual than me teaching a Bible study. It's no less spiritual than those that are teaching our kids right now. Or it's no less spiritual than some of the things that we think are spiritual. Well, you know, that must be. Or, you know, the faithful servants that were there early, they were there early today. I came down early after the radio broadcast. And already before 5 o'clock, the people cooking dinner, there was a brother in there cooking dinner for those that would come early today. He was already there. He was all just cutting the potatoes. Most spiritual thing he was doing tonight was cutting those red potatoes to serve you, just to be used to the Lord. This is one of the most spiritual things I saw tonight was just cutting potatoes unto the Lord, just cutting potatoes unto the Lord. And you're like, man, I hate cutting potatoes. Well, learn how to do it unto the Lord. I hate looking for donkeys. Yeah, but you're going to miss Samuel. Very natural, normal things. The things that we despise are the very things that God uses in our lives. That's why I can remember that passage of scripture. I've had to learn this over and over again. Do not despise the days of small things. Now, whatever that measurement is between small and large, one of the things I've come to the conclusion in my own life before Jesus is there are no small things related to him. Everything's huge unto him. Because the Bible tells me that one soul has the value of Jesus Christ. One soul. One person, young or old, nice or mean. One soul has the value of my savior. And so when I look at that, I I understand that sometimes we get into the place of comparing large and small and, and this is more important and that's more important. But look, God is leading us in very natural ways, using the situations in everyday life I prayed that with Emily and Byron here as we were praying for them. I prayed that scripture. It's on my heart. It's in Genesis 24 where the Abraham servant says, "Ask for me being on, you know, we haven't really turned much. Would you just turn over to Genesis and mark this in your own Bible, please? Genesis chapter 24. I want you to see this. I quote it all the time, but here's where it is. This is the address. The address is found right here. Genesis chapter 24, verse 27. I love this. It it will add such a dynamic to your life. God has you right where he wants you. Leading you to do exactly where he wants to move you, to connect you. Everything is spiritual. So whatever you put your hand to, do it as unto the Lord, the Bible says. Do it as unto the Lord. And he says at the end of verse 27, As for me being on the way the lord led me to the house of my master's brother the lord leads while we're on the way just like looking for donkeys often it's just an impression or a desire or a thought we even ignore it as as normal you know somebody just keeps popping into your head that's all just somebody a person keeps popping into your head and you just, it's like normal because you, you always think of that person. You know, it's your mom or your friend or your coworker, worker your boss. And, and yet God is continually reminding you, not only, not only is somebody popping into your head, but a verse keeps popping at the same time. Person, verse, person, verse. And you're like, that's just, you know, I was reading the Bible, so that's where the verse came from. And I just worked with that person, so that's where that came from. And yet it could be that God is putting these two people together and then prompting you, you know what, why don't you give that verse to your boss? What? 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 Why don't somebody else give that verse to my boss? I want to keep my job. You know, it's like, and yet that's the Lord speaking to you. And God is able in very natural ways to guide our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Verse 23. The Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 5, "Commit your way to the Lord; trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday." Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart; lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and what does he promise? He'll direct your paths." often through the ordinary. So a man or a woman whose life is committed to God is one who's being led by God, even in the daily, seemingly mundane things of life. Yet God's hand is there guiding him. As Saul was searching for the donkeys in more of a random way, God was using him. God was leading him all the way, bringing him to the place where the prophet Joe so happened to come here today. <laughs> what great timing Saul he just so happened to show up and it just so happened that everybody's waiting for him and it just so happened that he's so if you get it just no no nothing in the Lord just so happens God is in it and it was just the day before you recall that God spoke to Samuel and he said tomorrow you're going to meet a man that I've chosen to be captain over Israel Wow. Okay, verse 15. Here's the answer from Samuel with all that in mind. He says, Now the Lord said, told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin. And you will anoint him a commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man whom I spoke to you, this one shall reign over my people. Wow. Do you like those three words, Samuel? It says, there he is. What, what, a, what a feeling that must have been the day before God said, you're going to meet him. And now today he says, there he is. This is it. This is what I'm doing. This is what's going to happen. Wow. And then Saul drew near, verse 18, to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? And Samuel answered Saul and said, I'm the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I'll let you go, and will tell you all that's in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, don't be anxious about them. They've been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? It's not on you and on all your father's house. Is it not on you? Back in 1 Samuel chapter 8, we saw that Samuel heard the words of the people and took them to the Lord in prayer. He came and was greatly upset. Now, that's Samuel's heart. He wanted to gain gain the heart of God on matters when situations came up. And we've already seen that demonstrated. It was through this relationship that God speaks to Samuel. He's learned to tune his ear to the voice of God. And so many times when I'm not hearing from the Lord could be because I haven't been coming to him regularly with the things that are on my heart casting my cares upon him could it be that in your life there's a difficulty hearing the Lord not only because you're not faithful in what's before you but, but also because you haven't been regularly going to him with things that have been going on in your life things that have been going on in your heart and you've cut the communication line off the times that God has inspired you so just come to me son don't run to that person. Don't make that phone call. You just come to me. Just bring your cares and concerns to me. And you go, no, 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 that, that's not going to work. I need to run over here and I need to run there. And, and then you find out that doesn't work and then you end up do coming back to the Lord. And then it seems like that the, the, the channel of his voice is opened up again. Why? Because you've come into the throne room of grace to find help in time of need. Help isn't found on Facebook, friends. You know that? That's a whole different Bible study perhaps at another time. But help isn't found by putting your whole life out on Facebook and just venting. And, you know, the Bible says a fool vents all his feelings. And and, and, and help isn't found by trying to gather people to your side. And, and help isn't found by taking things into your own hands. True help is found by the helper. That he alone has wisdom and unsight for your life. So be very careful, church, who you who you share the tender things in your heart with. If you share them with anyone before God, you're going to find a stumbling block in your life. You're going to find temporary comfort but long-term pain. You're going to feel a little bit of relief because somebody, well, I'm so sorry. And instead of going, no, 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 God, God, I, I come to you first and then you'll give me permission to share what little you would want me to share. How careful we need to be You know, could it be that you're not hearing from the Lord right now? Could it be that there just seems to be a stop? Because you have stopped bringing him. You've stopped coming to him with the things that are going on in your life. Samuel, he knew when he had a problem, he went to the Lord. And and God, when he's going to work a work in the life, he went to Samuel.
0: Isn't that cool? You've been listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor and part of our new study in 1 Samuel. We'll get back to Ed in a moment. Are you interested in a CD copy of this message? We can send that your way for $2 if you call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. For instant access, look for the studies online at calvaryaurora.org. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora app. Search for Calvary Aurora. And while you're at it, download the Grace FM Colorado app. Are you struggling through a family problem? Maybe there's a great deal of stress that's weighing on you as you raise your kids for Christ or you're overwhelmed at work. We'd like to recommend that you read Let Go by Francois Finelon you'll be encouraged to let go of those distresses and embrace the joy and peace that God has promised. And we'll send it your way when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace today. Please remember, it's through your support that we're able to bring the teaching of God's Word to stations like this every day. We can't do this alone. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. If you'd rather write... Our address is Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado 80046. Now to wrap up our lesson from 1 Samuel 9, here again is Ed.
1: Now back to our text in Samuel as we close. While in the normal things of life are used by God to set up his perfect plan, Samuel was able to relieve Saul and tell him his donkeys were found. Whew, things are great. Donkeys are found. And then he says at the end there in verse 20, um, and on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and your father's house? That, that was a hint. Uh, Saul, you're it. Everybody's looking to you. This is for you. And so Saul says, and he answers verse 21, am I not a Benjamite, the smallest of the tribes of Israel, my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me? You know, next to verse 21, you could just say, Samuel, Saul saying, I'm a nobody. Why would you tell a nobody? Because that's what God loves to do. He, he likes to take nobodies and transform them into a somebody that will declare the gospel of the one true God. He loves to work in those that recognize that without him, they're nothing now, for Saul, unfortunately, as we un- Saul, we don't know this if we were following it real time, but we know from the life of Saul this is rather false humility. It's not so real. You'll see him shirk his responsibility later, but this was a great day for him, and he's just putting himself
0: down. It was a false humility. Have you ever wondered how God leads and speaks to you? We'll look at a few verses in 1 Samuel that give us some insight into all of this. We'll have that for you tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace.